0: Hey y'all welcome back as we continue through the book of Jeremiah with chapter 39 in Jeremiah and in this chapter we have the fall of Jerusalem which it was a process it wasn't a one-day event it didn't just happen in a day there was a lead-up to it there was famine and disease and thirst that was weakening the city and the process led to the complete fall of the city when the Babylonians come in and Fully take over the city. In 2nd Kings 25 and also 2nd Chronicles 36, revert back and speak of the fall of Jerusalem of 586 BC. And there was the captivity that takes over the city and the exile of thousands of Jewish people. And None of these things would have happened if the king would have surrendered and repented and turned to God and trusted God completely and surrendered surrendered to his will and with that we'll go ahead and start with verse one of chapter thirty nine In January of the ninth year of King Zedekiah's reign, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon came with his entire army to besiege Jerusalem. Two and a half years later, on July 18th, in the eleventh year of Zedekiah's reign, a section of the city wall was broken down. All of the officers of the Babylonian army came in and sat in triumph at the middle gate. Nergal Sharazar of Samgar and Nebo Saraskakim a chief officer and Nergal Shirazer, the King's advisor and all the other officers of the King of Babylon. So when they come in and they sit in the middle gate, it's over. It's a declaration that they have won and the city is now Babylon's and they completely destroy the city. They burn it and they completely destroy the temple and burn that as well. And in 586 BC, this happened and then there's going to be the faithful remnant, the very few that are left that stand firm in faith, submit to God's will and surrender to him totally and repent. In turn, that will be released and they'll rebuild Jerusalem and rebuild the temple. But then there's going to be another takeover by the Roman Empire in 70 AD. And again, Jerusalem is taken over and the temple is destroyed. And it's a foreshadow, 586 is a foreshadow of what's to come in 70 AD. And 70 AD is a foreshadow of what's still to come. in. Luke twenty one twenty four, God speaks of the times of the Gentiles has begun, and God's prophetic calendar has begun, and there's still a period of destruction that is coming, and evil will rule, and evil's already rampant in our earth, but there's going to be a tribulation period, and the time of the Gentiles speaks of a time when the, Good news of Jesus is spread through all of the Gentile nations and every nation will hear the good news of Christ Jesus and that we can be saved and we can receive his glory and that his blood sets us free and we will rise again with Jesus and be united in unity in eternity forever and ever with Jesus. And the calendar has begun, but there's still more to come and we are in the end of the end times at this point. I firmly believe that and The time is coming soon when Israel, the Jewish nation, will realize that Jesus is their Messiah. He is their Savior, and they too will turn. They too will realize that that Jesus saves, that Jesus already has come, and he is our Redeemer. He makes us righteous. He makes us whole, and we can put our faith and trust in him, and he will save us. And This period of time was hard to the exiles for the people of the Jewish nation they didn't believe it remember they were believing the false prophets the people who were lying to them and they're handed over to the Babylonians and they're told to submit and pray for them and just to hang tight onto God because he has a plan and a purpose for them and he will keep them safe and With that, we will continue in verse four. When King Zedekiah of Judah and all the soldiers saw that the Babylonians had broken into the city, they fled. They waited for nightfall and then slipped through the gate between the two wells behind the king's garden and headed toward the Jordan Valley. But the Babylonian troops chased them and overtook Zedekiah on the plains of Jericho. They captured him and took him to King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon, who was at Rabla in the land of Hamath. There, the king of Babylon pronounced judgment upon Zedekiah. The king of Babylon made Zedekiah watch as he slaughtered his sons at Riblah. The king of Babylon also slaughtered all of the nobles of Judah. Then he gouged out Zedekiah's eyes and bound him in bronze chains to lead him away to Babylon. So Jeremiah said this would happen. And it happened, Ezekiel said this would happen, and it happened. Ezekiel chapter 12, 3 even said that Zedekiah would be brought to Babylon, but he would not see. He prophesied this exact event, and it happened in verse 8. Meanwhile, the Babylonians burned Jerusalem, including the royal palace and the house of the people, and they tore down the walls of the city. Then Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, took the exiles to Babylon, the rest of the people who remained in the city, those who defected to him and everyone else who remained, but Nebuchadnezzar—sorry, not Nebuchadnezzar—Nebuzaradan, Nebuchadnezzar, the court officer guard, he allowed some of the poorest people to stay behind in the land of Judah, and he assigned them to care for the vineyards and the f- and the fields. So he allowed a small portion of people to remain behind, and. They need to tend to the land that that remains. And the Babylonians were not known for their tenderness. They were a a harsh army, clearly. And the last things that the king sees will haunt him forever. But the king was warned that all of this would happen. The king was warned to trust God, and he refused to repent. He refused to turn to God. His fear of the people led him into being tortured by the people. And the soldiers rounded up the best of the people. Remember, Daniel is part of the best of the people. And he rounded up the best of the people, and he took them to Babylon. And this was another, there was a first round of a partial exile in 597 BC. And now this was a second a second exile, but there's a small remnant that remains, but there's also going to be a third exile that will come in 582 BC. And with that, we'll continue in verse 11. King Nebuchadnezzar had told Nebuchadnezzar, the captain of the guard, to find Jeremiah. See that he isn't hurt, he said. Look after him well and give him anything he wants. There's a, a soft heart for Jeremiah. So Nebuchadnezzar, the captain of the guard, Nebuchadnezzar, a chief officer, Nergal Shirazar, the king's adviser, and the other officers of Babylon's kings sent messengers to bring Jeremiah out of the prison. They put him under the care of Gedaliah, son of Ahikam and grandson of Shaphan, who took him back to his home. So Jeremiah stayed in Judah among his own people. So Gedaliah is going to be appointed as governor over the land, and Jeremiah will work side by side with him. In verse 15, the Lord had given the following message to Jeremiah while he was still in prison. Say to Abed-Melech, the Ethiopian, this is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says. I will do to the city everything I have threatened. I will send disaster, not prosperity, and you will see its destruction. But I will rescue you from those you fear so much, because you trusted me. I will give your life as a reward. I will rescue you and keep you safe. I, the Lord has spoken. Remember, that was the good Samaritan who helped Jeremiah. He was kind and faithful and he trusted God. And If we function in faith, we are free. If we function in fear of man and not in faith of God, we'll end up in bondage. And this was all warned. And with that, we'll continue in chapter 40, verse 1. The Lord gave a message to Jeremiah after Nebuchadnezzar, the captain of the guard, had released him at Ramah. He had found Jeremiah bound in chains among all the other captives of Jerusalem and Judah who were being sent to exile in Babylon. The captain of the guard called for Jeremiah and said, The Lord your God has brought this disaster on this land just as he said he would, for these people have sinned against the Lord and disobeyed him. That is why it happened. But I am going to take off your chains and let you go. If you want to come with me to Babylon, you are welcome. I will see to it that you are well cared for. But if you don't want to come, you may stay here. The whole land is before you. Go wherever you like. If you decide to stay, then return to Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam and grandson of Shaphan. He has been appointed governor of Judah by the king of Babylon. Stay where with the people. He, stay there with the people he rules. But it's up to you. Where, go wherever you like. Then Nebuchadnezzar, the captain of the guard, gave Jeremiah some food and money and let him go. So Jeremiah returned to Gedaliah, son of Ahikam, at Mizpah. And he lived in Judah with the few who were still left in the land. So the guard recognizes who Jeremiah is and that everything Jeremiah said through God is come true. And he gives him a choice of what to do. He gives him food. He gives him money. God promised he'd take care of Jeremiah. And he does. God is faithful. Jeremiah is given his freedom after the Babylonians captured Jerusalem. He ended up mixed in with the captives who were being prepared to go to, to they were at Ramah being prepared to go to Babylon for a long march into Babylon. But this man recognizes okay. Jeremiah and who he is. And the Babylonians tell The fact that, look, all this happened just as your God said it would. And that had to have been embarrassing for the Jewish people to hear that. Like, God warned them. Even the pagan people who are capturing them recognize this. And Jeremiah chose to join Gedaliah, whom Nebuchadnezzar appointed as governor over the people that were staying in the land. And there's grace given. There's a a, a huge enormous mountain of grace being given over over jeremiah and he makes difficult choices it would have been hard to make this choice and he 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 had the choice it would have been easier for him to remain and serve as a priest but he obeyed god's call to become a prophet which was difficult it would have been a comfortable choice to go to babylon and be just cared for and tended to but he opted to remain in the land of his fathers and stay with the people that were tending the land. He was a shepherd's heart. He wanted to make sure that people were cared for. In verse 7, the leaders of the Judean military group in the countryside heard that the king of Babylon had appointed Gedaliah, son of Ahikam, as governor over the poor people who were left behind in Judah, the men, women, and children who hadn't been exiled to Babylon. So they went to see Gedaliah at Mizpah. These included Ishmael, son of Lathaniah, Johanan, and Jonathan, sons of Kareah, Sariah, son of Tanhumith, and the sons of Ephai and Netatav, the Netophite, Jezaniah, son of Maakathite, and all their men. Gedaliah vowed to them that the Babylonians meant them no harm. Don't be afraid to serve them. Live in the land and serve the king of Babylon, and all will go well with you, he promised. As for me, I will stay at Mizpah to represent you before the Babylonians who come to meet with us. Settle in the towns you have not taken and live off the land. Harvest the grapes and summer fruits and olives and store them away. When the Judeans in Moab, Ammon, and Edom, and other nearby count- countries heard that the king of Babylon had left a few in Judah and that Gedaliah was the governor, they began to return to Judah from the places to which they had fled. They stopped at Mizpah to meet with Gadaliah and then went to the Judean countryside to gather a great harvest of grapes and other crops. Soon after this, Johanan, son of Korea, and the other military leaders came to Gadaliah at Mizpah. They said to him, "'Did you know that Baalis, king of Ammon, has sent Ishmael, son of Nathaniah, to assassinate you?' But Gadaliah refused to believe them." Later, Johanan had a private conversation with Gedaliah and volunteered to kill Ishmael secretly. Why should we let him come and murder you, Johanan asked. What will happen then to the Judeans who have returned? Why should the few of us who are still left be scattered and lost? But Gedaliah said to Johanan, I forbid you to do any such thing, for you are lying about Ishmael. <sighs> so here we have some contentions rising already within the those that have stayed and are are staying in the land. And it doesn't tell us why Ishmael wants to kill Gedaliah. But as a friend of Zedekiah, the king Ammon, Ishmael, he, he didn't want to see the Jewish people submit to Nebuchadnezzar, even after the war ended. The key factor had to do with pride and selfish ambition. And we're going to see that as we go into chapter 41 tomorrow. And with that, we'll end here and there's a threat on the lives of the governor and he doesn't believe him he doesn't believe the warning he thinks he's lying he's like oh no he's not trying to kill me but we shall see what happens with that as we continue this journey thanks y'all i hope you're having a great day